mindfulness mode. It's a gift that you give to yourself, but it's also a gift that you give to your family. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to Mindfulness Mode. You know that I am passionate about helping children. I like to get in front of students in the classroom and teach music, teach mindfulness, teach whatever I can to help them with their life and maybe lift them up a little bit, help them to learn about a different way of looking at life so that they can truly be happy. Well, I'm here with a guest today, I'm happy to say, who is dedicated to helping children and individuals actually of all ages and she helps them to increase their overall happiness and satisfaction in life. Doesn't that sound like mindfulness? She's an emotional wellness advocate and she's shared her insights and strategies with audiences around the world. She's the founder and chief executive officer of CLIMB, C-L-Y-M-B which is an emotional wellness software for school-age children. So you can tell we've got a lot to talk about. I'm here with Ashley Williams. Ashley, are you in mindfulness mode today? I'm in mindfulness mode right now, Bruce, yes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so Ashley, what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness means for me, peace in the midst of chaos. It mm. means for me to be still while everything is moving. It means for me, like an armor, to be protected from the assaults that every human experiences throughout the course of a day. Um, it means steadiness, stability, calm, peace, excitement. Um, there are so many different entry points and doorways when we talk about mindfulness, but mostly what it means for me is to be grounded, to be rooted, to be steady in what's true. Because a lot of the times, the thoughts that we have, the beliefs that we hold, it's like we're looking in a smudged mirror and what we see is not true. And mindfulness helps us to clear that mirror. So our perception is authentic. It's real. Um, so that's how it helps me to stay stable. Wow, I love that image of the smudged mirror. And you're using so many words to describe this that not everybody uses when they talk mm. about mindfulness. So I really appreciate some of these things that you said. Peace in the midst of chaos. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's powerful. And then you talked about armor, that sometimes we need that armor in the midst of assaults. Mm -hmm. And that's that's true of our world, too, for sure, that we are experiencing a lot of assaults from all directions. So thanks for that description. I, I really appreciate the fact that you're truly into mindfulness and that you truly help others with mindfulness. And uh, I'm, I'm just really interested when you say about the smudged mirror. Yeah. Did you in your own life, find yourself looking into a smudged mirror at any point in time? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> the view was totally murky and opaque. Um, <laughs> and there are moments even now in my daily practice where the view is smudged. And so this is not the work of a day. 
It's not the work of a week. It's not the work of a month. This is the work of a lifetime. Um, but my, my mirror was really smudged in, when I was in college. So that's sort of where I was introduced to mindfulness. I suffered from clinical depression and I was looking for proactive approaches to manage my emotional experiences. So I learned about mindfulness, but it wasn't until about a decade later that it became something that I dedicated my life to. Because once I started the practice, and when I speak of mindfulness, I'm speaking of it, you know, mindfulness is a broad term. It means the ability to pay attention in the present moment with total acceptance. There are a lot of tools and techniques that help us to live in the consciousness of mindfulness. The primary technique and tool that I absolutely adore is meditation. So that's what I'm speaking of. I started the practice of meditation uh, and I only could do it for 30 seconds. I could only sit in stillness for 30 seconds, but that was perfect because that's where I was. It was where I was able to get started. And just from that 30 seconds, it was like the first gasp of breath that you inhale when you've been holding your breath for so long. That expanded in, in my entire life. So there was like this freshness this just throughout my day, I was so excited about it. I wanted to share it with everybody. Um, and so I would start to bring some of the techniques that I was practicing into my classroom. So I was a middle school teacher. I was also a middle school leader. And in my capacity of a leader, um, I was responsible for the emotional health of staff and students. I was what they call a director of climate and culture. And in that capacity, I would write curriculum and we, would, we called it in the school building social emotional learning. And so social emotional learning has to do with your ability to process self-awareness and social awareness and your responsible decision-making skills. So I would incorporate mindfulness as meditation within a lot of this. The impact was instant on the climate and culture of the school building where I was. Eventually I joined a meditation community where I got to up-level <laughs> mm -hmm. my dedication to the practice. Um, and then it just started to start there, work got out. I started to get hired, multiple different schools, youth nonprofits. Can you come in? Can you lead a professional development on this? Can you write a curriculum for me, for my organization, for my young people? And then ultimately I took everything that I learned about youth mindfulness, youth social emotional learning, adult social emotional learning. And I put it into this technology platform that's called CLIMB. And so the heartbeat of my existence is really just to share these techniques with people because it is transformative. And a lot of times the only barrier is just a lack of information. Like, how do I get started? Because once you start the practice of mindfulness, it sells itself. <laughs> This is not something that you have to sell because we can discover for ourselves the gems that are buried within us just through the practice of mindfulness. Yeah, it does sell itself. I think you're absolutely right. And not only that, anybody who talks to you would be sold because listen to the passion in your voice as you talk about this. It's so exciting to talk to you about this because it's true. Children need help. They really do. And especially as we've gone through COVID and, and a lot of children have not had the ability to develop socially that they would have normally had. And so you actually uh, took action and created an app. And I'm just really fascinated at how you made that happen. And I know uh, Climb Up 
clymb.io is where we can learn more about it. C-L-Y-M-B up.io. But tell us, what was that journey like from the, from the time that you got this idea of creating an app and thinking of how you would make this happen? Tell us about it. It's fascinating. You know, I will say that the journey of developing this product taught me how to really live mindfully because wow. it was not easy. So um, I'm in the tech space. If you look at any of the statistics and research around tech, uh, Black women receive 0.47% of all capital <laughs> mm-hmm. in the United States since our inception, the inception of this wonderful country. Wow. So the statistics basically said I was negligent. <laughs> wow. um, and then also I'm based in Baltimore City. Um, we're an up and coming tech city. Um, if you ever want to do any research around that, if there's a renaissance happening here in Baltimore. But prior to that, there was just very little happening. Um, but I had this idea. I had a vision that what if we could empower children with coping skills they could carry around in their pockets the same way that we're doing it for adults who use mindfulness apps and resources. But what if it was like specifically for a child, the parent could be informed of that child's progress. So it becomes like a family activity. I didn't have all the ideas, but I I actually just resigned from my job. I mentioned I was the director of climate and culture. I I spoke to the principal and the executive director of the school where I was. I told them the idea that I had submitted my letter of resignation. And they said that (laughs) we really, really don't want to let you go, but you have to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. So I joined a local impact group in Baltimore at John Hopkins. So I joined John Hopkins Social Innovation Lab and I just started to explore. I built an MVP, got it in front of as many children and teachers as possible just to validate the idea. I learned like this is really interesting. Um, And so I took that data and then I was able to raise capital. build out the company, hire the folks that I needed to hire. Um, And then so we started locally, of course, and then gradually we've been able to expand to reach children across the country. Wow, how exciting. Tell us more about that innovation lab. What's that like? What do they offer there? Okay, so John Hopkins Social Innovation Lab is a petri dish. (laughs) It's where a lot of creatives who are interested in social transformation and social impact where we congregate and we tinker. We have an idea. We get that idea in front of as many people within our segment as possible. And then we take the feedback that we learn from our segment holders. For me, that would be teachers and parents and children. And then we use that information to refine our product, to build out our product. Uh, There's also like workshops on, you know, uh, product market fit and pricing your product and how to scale your product. Um, So the idea is to push out as many innovative uh, society, society changing uh, technologies as possible. So when did your app go live? Um, so Clom has we we started out not as Clom but as another name under Infinite Focus Schools that went live in 2018. Okay. Um, we we became Clom in January of 2022. Okay, January mm-hmm. 2022. So tell me, is there a cost for this app or is it free? Tell me about that part of it. So there is a cost for the uh, for the software and. 
typically the folks who are paying for the software are school districts, schools, as well as companies. So the same way that an employer will provide in some circumstances, Headspace or Calm app to their em employees, Calm is a product that employers provide for working parents. I see. Well, I think my school board should be providing this for their students. I really honestly do. And yeah. do you have someone to do promotion to reach out to school boards or how does that work? We do. We have a full team. So we have a marketing and sales team internally that that does that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, tell me a little bit more about what it's like to go on the app and what the app experience is like for the children and, and maybe for any other family member that's using it. Mm -hmm. So when you go to your doctor, your doctor gives you a personalized treatment plan. And because it's personalized to you, your chances of improvement are increased. So CLOM approaches emotional wellness for young people the way that a doctor approaches physical health. And what that means is that when a youth user signs into the platform, we do a quick check-in to understand where their emotional health status is in that moment. And then we provide them with resources that meet them exactly where they are. So the resources are video resources. Some of them are mindfulness techniques or stretch and movement techniques that help to connect the body to the brain to induce the relaxation response in the um, in the brain. Um, some of them are audios that they listen to. You know, young people have different learning modalities, so there's a lot of variety in terms of the type of content. But what happens is we're able to increase their social emotional learning competency over time because the software understands where the young person needs the most support. So it might say, Bruce. Bruce needs some support with his relationship skills. It's going to push out resources to improve my relationship skills. And then all of that data is being collected, aggregated, and shared with the right stakeholder so that my school district or my guidance counselor, excuse me, my school counselor, my parent knows my progress and no kid falls beneath in the cracks. So everybody can get the support that they're needed. So do children use this during the school day? They do. So typically it's like in a, um, some schools have like homeroom or advisory um, or some young people use it right after lunch. It's just 10 minutes for Clom Tom. Oh, just 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the entire day. That's it. Oh, okay. That's, that's very reasonable because I know that, uh, you know, we're all over the map as far as children using phones in schools. Some schools mm -hmm. have them using phones and doing research and looking up meanings for words and spelling. Mm -hmm. and, and some schools are like, no, you're not allowed to use your phone during the school day at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're all over the map with that. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a phone app. It's a web app. So most of our young people are using them on uh, Chromebooks or oh. or iPads. And we're also in Clever. So like we are like where other curriculums that are being used in schools are. Oh, what's Clever? Mm -hmm. I haven't heard of that before. So Clever is a single sign-on platform, um, but there are multiple single sign-ons where, you know, the kids just sign into one thing and then all of the resources that they use are housed there. Mm -hmm. I see. I see. That's, That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Did you have any particular challenges to um, get this released and make this happen so that it's available for students? I don't know that it's a challenge, but there was definitely process. And it took us a long time to just get the studies and the data. So we've partnered with the American Heart Association. Um, and we also have other studies and white papers published just around the efficacy of the software, the growth that young people experience, and how CLOM impacts the school climate and culture. And so that was just a process. It takes time to, to gather that, that data. 
Right. Well, mm-hmm. I, I know that uh, you've done research and found out that uh, it, this helps to reduce stress and it gives children the coping skills that they need and, and gives them mental exercises to do and this kind of thing. So that sounds really powerful that they can just jump on this app and, and just in a few minutes in a day actually achieve these goals. That's, that's, right. that's pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That was the goal. I wanted to uh, make something that felt really effortless and fun for young people. Yeah. Well, I know that a study said that 62% of the young people that use this app felt more focused. That's right. That's pretty powerful. 62% Mm -hmm. felt more focused because that's one of the problems that children feel like they're scattered. They're all over the place. They're not able to really get their work done, even no matter how hard they try. So to help them with focus like that is pretty powerful. So I'm sure you've gone in with students yourself and seen them move from that place where they were scattered to the place where they were focused. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right. And, you know, using a resource like calm, practicing meditation, they're absolutely alike in Mm -hmm. that it's through the practice, it's through the consistency that we begin to rework those neural pathways in the brain. And that's where we find the sweet zone. That's where we get the success. So most of our young people have the greatest success when the schools have the right climate and culture for a, a, a daily or uh, weekly, multiple times a week, practice of climb. Um, and so it's just, again, it, it takes care of itself. <laughs> you know, like yeah, the science yeah. is there. If you do it, it's going to work. Wow. Mm-hmm. And there was another study that said 55% of the youth showed emotional wellness growth. So can you describe that emotional wellness growth, what that looks like? Yeah, for sure. So uh, the assessment that we used to determine that is uh, was developed at the University of Delaware for school age children to measure their social emotional competency growth over time. And that competency growth includes five pillars. Um, so there's um, social awareness. I mentioned that there's self-awareness, there's responsible decision making skills. And then the two others, my brain just totally went blank. So we are able to measure pre and post and then compare that pre and post data to um, a control school that doesn't utilize um, CLOM at all. And then that's how we get those numbers. This came out of a four-month study. And how many students would have been involved in that study? This was 400 students. 400, right. I see. So describe what the social self-awareness looks like once they've been using the app for a few months. Mm-hmm. So basically, what I mentioned from that competency score, mm-hmm. we can measure uh, those competencies in strains, and there are point growths over time. So every 30 days of ThinkClom, we're reassessing children, and then we can get those points to see how they've grown over time. So that's how we measure that growth over time. Now, what that actually looks like in a young person, like what does it look like to grow your social skills, healthier relationships with your peers, healthier relationships with your teachers, increased ability to communicate. That's just some examples of how it shows up for a young person. Increased self-awareness skills looks like the ability to uh, acknowledge and identify an emotion. A lot of times children are having an emotion. They don't even know what emotion is. They just know that I don't feel good. I want to rage right now or 
I want to uh, withdraw or whatever it might be. So one, being able to identify their emotion is just amazing. More advanced is being able to identify the emotion. And if it's not an emotion that's serving them, to be able to utilize a technique or a tool to pivot from that emotional experience. That's very interesting, Ashley. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about meditation itself. And I know you have a website called AwakeYogaMeditation.org. Do you find that doing yoga is something that you really need to do in order to get more focused and to pair with your meditation? So I think yoga is a fantastic way to increase uh, our mindfulness, mindful awareness for sure. Um, and that website, Awake Yoga Meditation, that is actually the community that I'm a part of where oh. I study uh, my meditation practices. Okay. Um, yeah, and I have a meditation teacher there um, as well. And much of what I have learned through, you know, my decades plus of meditation, um, I've learned it from participating in this community and offering meditations there and studying under the teacher there. Um, but yoga is absolutely a really wonderful way to practice mindfulness because mindfulness is about awareness of our internal landscape, our thoughts, but also the physical and the body as well. Yeah. Well, I wonder if you have a, a story about meditation where it just made such a difference for someone you worked with. Maybe it was a student. Maybe it was somebody that you taught meditation to. Do you have a story you can share with us about a transition that took place uh, as a result of learning meditation? Yeah, I do. I have um, a friend, and this is a recent story. This happened about two weeks ago. I had a friend who called me incredibly upset. He was having really negative thought patterns. He felt out of control. He felt like he was in a spiral and he just didn't know what to do. When he called, his breathing was heavy. Um, he just wasn't doing well and it was very obvious. So I asked him, uh, would you like to do a mindfulness technique with me? Are you open to that? Um, and he said yes. And so we did a breathing technique where I sort of helped him to connect his body and his breath and to imagine that whatever he was feeling, he was blowing it out of his body with his breath. And we focused on different parts of the body in this mindfulness technique. But it was about 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. At the end of that mindfulness session, at the end of that meditation, he felt completely different. He was just super grateful. He was just like, thank you so much for wow. helping me to walk through this um, and for giving, giving me the language so that I can do it independently um, after this conversation. I mean, it was like day and night from where we started on that phone call and where we ended on that phone call. Wow. That is fascinating. Now, I want to ask you a question about bullying because I've worked in this field for a long time. I wondered if you have a story about bullying where mindfulness maybe would have made a difference. <laughs> you know, I think that bullying is a part of our social fabric. <laughs> and I, I think that bullying and the way that it exists in our society today only exists because we lack emotional intelligence skills. It actually literally cannot thrive if we teach young people these skills at an early age. We don't 
because we're more empathetic, because we we activate those parts of the brain where we increase compassion, we imp- in, increase empathy, we increase insight, we increase creativity and awareness. And so my mission as it relates to bullying and beyond is to teach young people these skills at an early age so that we can change how we engage with one another as humans. Because I believe when we look out at the world, when we look at how, you know, this group of people talk to this group of people, how this group of politicians talk to this group of politicians. The source of it is a lack of emotional intelligence, which is a learned skill, the same way that you learn how to structure a sentence, the same way that you learn how to solve a mathematics equation, you can learn this skill. And we have been in the practice of this skill for a very, very, very long time. And and when I said of this skill, I mean like the skill of a lack of emotional (laughs) intelligence, right? Um, And so I think bullying... My story is not just about one person. It's about who we are as a society and how we bully one another in our differences. And through the practice of mindfulness, I truly believe that this is the solution. It is the solution to heal all of the negative narratives that we have about one another and all of the negative behaviors that result because of those negative narratives that we have inside of our heads. Ashley, I 100% agree with you. Absolutely. Because that's what took me to mindfulness is that I used to work in bullying prevention all the time. And I'm just like, hey, just a second. If we can teach mindfulness to children and teachers and parents, then bullying will just diminish to nothing. And Mm -hmm. so uh, not everybody understands that, but you really do. And I appreciate that so much. So thanks for doing the work that you do. As we move on in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, Ashley. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in your life? Uh, One person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence in my life is my teacher. Her name is Swami Nichinyanda. To me, she she is so skillful. It's just amazing to see what can happen when you center mindfulness, how graceful she is, how when people come to her with nonsense, she's still graceful. Wow. It's really amazing. Um, So I I would definitely say Swami Nichinyanda. Awesome. Awesome. What about your emotions? Can you tell us how mindfulness has helped you to deal with your emotions? Absolutely. Um, mindfulness helps has helped me, one, to accept the emotional experiences that I've had and not to condemn them, not to judge them, just to accept them. Mindfulness has also dulled the intensity of the negative emotional experiences that I can have. Um, so if I encounter a situation that previously might elicit anger, that same situation, it doesn't inspire more, which is fantastic. So it has helped me to to self-regulate my emotions in a healthy, meaningful way. Right. Let's talk about breathing. We haven't talked about that today. Um, Do you have any comments on breathing? Do you have maybe special breathing exercises you do or a special way of looking at breathing as a part of mindfulness? Absolutely. I think that if I'm focused, I think breathing is so essential. If your mind is focused on your breath, you're not focused on what's not working. You're you're in the present moment. You're right here. So my practice is to be focused on my breath as often as possible. Like as I'm in my work, um, as I'm with my family, as I'm in the grocery store, and especially 
when I have those negative emotional experiences, then it's really focused on my breath. And my and my practice is to uh, imagine that I'm breathing in and out of my heart. And that like helps to, it's a heart opening exercise, actually. Wow, I like that a lot. Is there a book that you would recommend that's somehow related to mindfulness? Oh, so many books. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there are so many books. There are. <laughs> um, Right now, I'm reading um, the Gospel of Ramakrishna, um, so that's really interesting to me. Ramakrishna was a fantastic meditator um, from India, and so just reading this story is just super inspirational to see how meditation changed his life. Awesome. And of course, I was going to ask about an app that can help with mindfulness, Climb, C-L-Y-M-B. That's an app, though, that the that the school board or the school district would need to have available to you. Are there any other apps that you would recommend? So I use um, an app to track my meditations. So mm-hmm. one thing that is often a barrier to a consistent practice is that we just are not in the habit of it. I'm all about like habit hacking um, so that we can be consistent in our practice. So I have an app where I can get streaks for just meditating. Um, and so I use that app all the time. The name of the app it's called Meditation Timer and Log. And it's really a simple app. It's not complex. There are no guided meditations in the app, but it's just a way for me to give myself a shot of dopamine uh, for practicing meditation. And that helps me to be consistent in my practice. Cool. Meditation mm-hmm. Timer and Log. I'll have That's to check right. that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Well, I really appreciate the work you're doing in the world, Ashley. It's fantastic how you're helping children and and helping all kinds of people because by helping children, you're helping families, you're helping teachers, you're helping so many people, and that is really making a difference in the world. As we wrap up the interview, Ashley, do you have any final words of advice that you can share with us? Absolutely do. Find your mindfulness practice and stick to it consistently. The wonderful thing about mindfulness is that it doesn't just uplift and transform us. It uplifts and transforms everybody around us. So it's a gift that you give to yourself, but it's also a gift that you give to your family. It's also a gift that you give to your colleagues. And the reason that it is a gift is because you will exude confidence and kindness and joy and excitement. And that is contagious. It is contagious. So light that spark and watch your world be illuminated. Ashley, that is fantastic. Well, you certainly have a spark. You certainly light me up with the enthusiasm that you have for mindfulness and meditation. And I just want to thank you so much for doing the work that you do. Thanks for being on Mindfulness Mode, Ashley. Thank you so much, Bruce. This was absolutely wonderful. Fantastic. Bye now. Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening today to my episode with Ashley Williams. And I want to mention my YouTube channel. Go to mindfulnessmode.com TV, or you can go to YouTube and type in Mindfulness Mode Podcast and you'll find me. I've put clips on there. We've put uh, full episodes on there. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. If you leave a comment on there, that would be awesome. Uh, subscribe to the channel would be fantastic. And with that, Take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.